The views and opinions expressed in the following program are those of Coal Investment Group and its staff. Coal Investment Group is a registered investment advisor. Call 262-522-4040. Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. And welcome to the Retirement Clinic, Jeff Kowal, your host, of course, every Saturday on WISN and also WIBA in Madison. Jeff is president of the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. We also have Marie McFarland joining us on the show today. You hear Marie often Monday through Friday with the market updates. And Marie, I'll start with you. Good morning. Good morning. I'm well, excited to be here. Well, welcome back. Yes, thank you. Happy New Year, if it's not too late to say that. The it's 23rd not, of January. Okay. Not. <laughs> and it's your first time this year on ISN. Yes, it is. So, happy New Year to you. Thanks. And Jeff, we see you every week. So. That's right. Hi. <laughs> good morning, Jeff. Now, it's good to have you here, Jeff. We, you know, we have a busy show. With Marie here, I know we're going to do the... Uh, sexy segment, the boss minute, the regular features that are part of the show. Uh, but also, if anybody has questions, because we are live and in person on two radio stations, we'll open up phone lines, the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line for retirement questions. Welcome throughout the hour. In fact, if you call now, we'll get you on right away. 799-1130, Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. 414-799-1130. We do get a lot of uh, new clients out of Madison. Matt and Kathy are newest. Uh, they heard about us on WIBA and Madison. Uh, start working with us, uh, but uh, Middleton, Madison, all that area, uh, we love you. And uh, listen to us on WIBA and Madison Monday through Friday. We do business reports at 4.55 on Vicki McKenna's show, Saturday radio show there. And then... Um, uh, on WI, WISN in Milwaukee at 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock news block. We give you one minute of what's going on uh, in the market that day, whether it's a government report, whether it's eh, an election, whatever happens to be affected in the market that particular day, uh, COVID news, uh, uh, corporate reports. Then we wrap it up with the Dow, the S&P 500, and tech-heavy NASDAQ every day, Monday through Friday, 3, 3 and 5 o'clock news blocks on WISN Milwaukee and 4.55 on Vicki McKenna's show on WIBA in Madison. Yep. Well said, Jeff. Your website, thekowalway.com, has a lot of information. And just off the air, if you ever want to reach out to anybody at the Kowal Investment Group, the world headquarters are in Waukesha. You've got an Ozaukee County location in beautiful Port Washington, which does have a view of the lake. And indeed. Phoenix, Arizona. Your newest location is in Racine, as Aaron Spitzner says, with a great view of Highway 20. <laughs> that is a great view. Right? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't get any better, Marie. <laughs> so all of those locations. And Marie, just, uh, you know, you, you talk to clients all the time. You take calls. You're always up for talking to somebody off the air about their retirement plan. Of course. Yes. Yeah. That's what I do. I love it. Wake up every day excited about it. Uh, if you love your job, I, I love my job, too. I'm not being facetious. I'm not being sorry. <laughs> I wouldn't have be doing this 30 years if I didn't. It makes all the difference in the world. And Jeff, that kind of plays into when you decide to retire. Well, one thing about Marie, and, and you're right, when you when you decide to retire is important. And we're going to talk a little bit about tax law, and that may have something to do about Biden's tax plans. But one thing you should know about Marie is that she's a newly minted CFP, which is Certified Financial Planner Professional, which is a big deal. It's it a rigorous yeah. curriculum with accounting, taxes, investments, insurance, uh, estate planning, all those things. And we're very proud of her that she... Now, she there was there were dear friends of mine thirty years ago, Toby Carney and Al Winvey, two very good friends of mine. They would always come up to me and say, 
I, I just got my Chartered Life Underwriter designation. They said, you're a CLU. What do you think about this? It's like, oh, now I had to pay attention because did they really expect me to know that? So I'll do that with Marie. I'll say, Marie, you're a CFP. What do you think about this? <laughs> oh, the pressure's on now, it's Marie. Always, <laughs> it's good. Congrats, but I studied hard way. and lots of hours, so I probably do know. Yeah. It, it, being a certified financial planner, you do have to pass those tests. And, yes. and uh, they don't just hand those out to anybody. No. So, But that's real life Thank stuff you. where you yeah. say, what do you think about this? This is a client that's coming that has this. What do you think? You're a CFP. You should <laughs> so know this. So you have, I don't know what your staff is, Jeff. Uh, the Coalway.com has a wonderful staff picture of your of all the great people you have. But guys like Joe Still and Aaron Spitzner, Marie, are on this show. They do the market updates. Ray Arndt recently was on the program as well. Yep. And you've got a good group of people. All those locations. Marie, what I was getting to before is... Are you doing virtual meets yet? Yes. So we're still doing virtual meetings and in person. Um, truly, it depends on whatever people are comfortable with. We can do both. Yeah, and yeah, people can come into any location yes. in person Correct. or the virtual meet. Go to thecoalway.com. All right, we got the business side of things done. Now let's jump into the show, Jeff. Well, not exactly all the business stuff because Alyssa Johnson in our office, used to be Alyssa McNamee, she just got married. Alyssa Johnson always puts together promos. She says, you can tell them to go to the website, you'll see this. Um, go to, uh, you know, this, there's different things going on. We've got webinars, we've got other things going on. She wrote this, I think she wrote this for Marie, but I'm going to read it anyway. Jeff's going to own it. I'm going to own this. <laughs> February is just around the corner, which means Valentine's Day is coming up and love is in the air. <laughs> love is in the air. Do this, we want music under this? That, that, that does, we should be playing our sexy like Barry, song. Barry White. <laughs> <laughs> I can't read like that. But this is serious. And then, I mean, there's, there's logic to this, but she tries to tie it in with retirement planning, which I think is really cute. This year, let us help you fall in love with your investment portfolio and retirement plan. We'll work with you to create a portfolio that best suits you and your financial goals. Our methods go beyond asset management to truly understand what matters to you and your vision for management. Together, let's build a customized plan to help you retire well. I think that's. I a, think that was awesome. Yeah. That's a really good time. February just around the corner, which means Valentine's Day is coming. Love is in the air. That was the best part. I know. <laughs> Love is in the air. There's there's a song like that. I like, think. Go on our website. Alyssa was very cute the way she wrote this, and you know it's, it's top of mind for you. We, we you, you want to make sure that the ones that you love are taken care of. Actually, so you want to make sure that your family, that your loved ones, charities you have, other things are taken care of. So really, with February right around the corner. Think about the ones you love. Now, in all honesty, retirement plans, Jeff, doing pretty good, right? 2020 oh, yes. after COVID. Yeah, but look out. The way we ended, I, I, okay, we're getting, now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> 2021, I was going to say January, pretty good month, right? Where it's yes. not over yet, it's the 23rd. However, what lies ahead this year with a new administration, new tax plans coming out? That There's a big question mark there, Jeff. Well, there's a big question mark about estate planning, but also with other tax plans. I, you were hopeful that, and I was just meeting with my estate planning attorney, uh, Chuck Stansbury. Uh, there are other great estate planning attorneys that we have on the, on the air with us, great uh, attorneys, but they're all concerned about uh, the, the t estate taxes. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but with control of both the House and the Senate in Democratic hands, President Biden will be able to get more of his tax agenda through Congress. This is uh, from Kiplinger's. It says, what, do you, what should you expect? Um, it starts with, uh, unlike some of his opponents in the Democratic primaries like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, President Biden didn't push for a wealth tax, but that doesn't mean he's opposed to taxing the wealth, wealthy more heavily, and he will. 
So we'll talk about that later with regard to um, uh, estate taxes and other taxes. But other things, t uh, take, taxing the wealthy is the only way to narrow the, the, the income gap. So he's proposing a number of things. Temporarily increasing a child tax credit to $3,000 per child for children ages 6 to 17 and $3,600 for children under 6. I think that's fine. Tax credits like that. Expanding the child, uh, child care credit to 50% of families' child care costs to children under 13. I think it's a good thing, too. For forgiving student loan debt. Uh, no. No way. And excluding... Marie, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it would... It, it's, no. It's nice if you're the one that has the debt. Yes. <laughs> Is it fair to all of us that had to pay... You know how no, long I wrote those Oh, you bet. Yes. And I took three jobs to yeah. try to pay it off as quickly as possible. My daughter so. just finished paying hers off. Proud of her because she worked hard to do so that. hard yep. to do that. And yes. then to just say, ah, we're going to forgive it. Yeah. For those yep. of you, I, I just don't like that, Jeff. I agree. I don't with like that. that precedent. I don't like anything about handouts. I think there's not much to stop that now. That they'll, oh, they'll try to do that. And you're right. And and a lot of people that benefit from those are wealthier people. Also, well, isn't who that take one step loans. away from free college for everybody? Uh, How yeah, does yeah. that work? Yeah. How do colleges well, make it money? Keeps then? them out of the, well, uh, the workforce for another four <laughs> to six years, or sometimes longer. But they're also talking about enhancing tax breaks and access to 401k plans. For workers who are saving for retirement, including equalizing the tax benefits of 401k plans. Now, what they were talking about that is giving a credit rather than having a write-off. So they say that a write-off, with a write-off, if you're able to not include 401k contributions in your income, let's say you put $10,000 in. Well, if somebody's in a higher tax bracket, bracket, they may get a 40% credit for that. Somebody in a lower tax bracket may get zero credit or no credit for that. And so they're talking about giving tax credits rather than a right or, or not including that in your income. That could work, but it's a way to equalize it. I'm not sure that that matters. I think the people with good habits are going to continue to save, and those who aren't, uh, they're still going to continue to save for Are all retirement. of these just part of the plan so far, yeah, Jeff? nothing's okay. been proposed yet. Got it. But these are things that he and his team have talked about. Uh, and then creating tax credits for small businesses that offer retirement plans for their workers. If I recall, President Trump just did that last year, didn't he? <laughs> yes, That's, he did. Yeah. Uh, another one, let's look at uh, health care. Uh, he wants to eliminate the income-based gap and the premium tax credit so that all families will purchase insurance through a health insurance exchange and can claim a credit. So there are a number of things um, that... And we'll talk more about it in our, in our wealth management and preservation segment, the sexy segment, about estate tax changes that, that he's, being, he's proposing. But there are a number of things that I think some are okay uh, with child care credit and things like that. Some, not so much. Do you mind sneaking in a no, call before that. the break, Jeff? Okay. Yeah. We'll uh, take some phone calls, in fact, all the way till 11 o'clock. Lines are open for the Retirement Clinic with Jeff Kowal and Marie McFarland. The Accident Mortgage Line is open for your questions, 799 30. John in Oak Creek. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Hi, John. Uh, my question is the uh, uh, with having to take my RMD, okay, that's, that's bumped me up into a, a higher income tax bracket. And then in addition to that, uh, I got hit with the IRMA uh, charge on my Social Security. Is, is there any way or is there any strategy on how to, how to deal with this? 
let's let's have Marie take a shot at it first. She's a CFP. <laughs> oh, here we go. I see. I see where you're going with this. Um, I do think so. And again, I would say we need all the data to understand exactly. But um, there are qualified charitable contributions that you can do. So there are ways around not taking the full RMD and then having to include it in income. Obviously, you need to be charitably inclined to want to do that. And over seven and a half. And over, correct. Um, so there are ways of looking at that, um, but truly, you have to take your RMD unless you want to pay the penalty for Wait, not taking Wait, 70 and a half or 72? Where it's is, 72 yeah. now for RMD. For RMD, so. yeah. but 70 and a half for the qualified charitable contract. Correct. Attribution. You have to be 70. Another thing that you can do, and it's, it's a very good question, John, and that's what we try to do, especially over the next couple of years. The, the lower taxes are supposed to be uh, uh, with us until 2025. That's not going to happen. They're going to try and redo the tax uh, breaks that President Trump put in a couple of years ago. But you can, if, if they don't get to it this year or it's not retroactive, maybe look at doing Roth conversions this year so that you turn, because okay. you don't have to take RMDs from Roth IRAs. So if you do a significant amount, forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 in a Roth conversion, you'll at least be paying at a lower tax bracket. And since you're already in that area where you're going to be paying the higher Medicare premiums and things like that. Uh, maybe this is a year to do it, maybe not, but that's why you work with a planner and see and try to keep that uh, income under that. But the Roth IRAs will help uh, because it's tax-free income. It doesn't go towards that, that uh, limit. Great. I, I appreciate the help. Thank All right. you. Thanks for the call. Good stuff. That's why we are here, John, on the Retirement Clinic with the Kowal Investment Group. It's every Saturday, 10 to 11 o'clock on WISN. We're also on in WIBA. That's in Madison. We'll take a quick break. We're going to come back. Marie McFarland joins your host, Jeff Kowal, thekowalway.com, for more information. A lot coming up. In fact, right after oh, about three commercials in, we have the Boss Minute with Aaron Kowal for business owners, savings, and their security. That's coming up. The sexy segment coming up in the show. And more time for your questions as we continue the retirement clinic. Use the Acunet line, 799-1130. Lines are open. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute, business owners' savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. We have discussed the important role of succession plans several times in this segment, but rarely do we talk about what happens after. Business owners that are taking the time to prepare succession plans are not necessarily planning for the life of their business beyond their exit, which can hurt the likelihood of survival after the transfer. It's estimated that roughly 75% of small businesses do not survive the transition from the previous owner. In large part, this is due to poor succession planning. So the question is, how can you help your business survive succession? There are several key steps to building a strong succession plan for your business, and two in particular that can help set your business up for the long-lived success after your transition. The first is prepare key documentation regarding the fate of the business should anything unexpected happen leaving the owner unable to attend to the business. A continuity plan will help the business to operate successfully without the current owner, regardless of the cause or reason for departure. 
The written plan should include who will manage day-to-day business decision-making, who will oversee payroll, who will manage the tax filings of the business, and who will be available as a trusted resource to offer the new manager or owner valuable advice. The other key component is to prioritize retention. It's important to put measures in place to strengthen employee retention through potential and unexpected ownership transitions. Without the appropriate steps in place to ensure consistency in organizations, likely your employees will start looking for other jobs and the business won't last. It's important to ensure your employees continue to be paid the same salary and keep their benefits. Stability is key. You may even want to consider implementing a stay bonus structure for employees. It's important to be extremely thorough while creating a continuity or succession plan for your business. Ensuring that nothing has been overlooked and everything necessary is in place can mean a successful future for your business long after your exit. If you need help planning for your business, give our office a call at 262-522-4040 or visit us at thekowalway.com. Aaron Kowal with today's Boss Minute Business Owners Savings and Retirement. Uh, security. security. Uh, it's about owning your retirement, Jeff, not your business. And that's why we do this every week. And we talk about succession planning as well. We work with a lot of businesses in that. And especially when you sell your business, you want to say, how do you convert that those assets that you got in the sale of your business to lifelong income? That's what we work with our clients on. So we're back on the retirement clinic with Jeff Kowal from the Kowal Investment Group and the recently anointed certified planner marie mcfarlane is here with her cfp designations so now you have to uh, sounds do your, so great it does <laughs> you have to work now questions yeah. that we should ponder before retirement and uh i'm 54 marie i'm not there yet but as i get near 60 i actually can think about retiring yeah so you're going to go over a list of things we really need to think seriously about yes and i would say i would preface it with um, it doesn't matter if you are thinking of retiring five years from now or 10 years from now. These are questions that you should be asking yourself and working with your advisor on um, as you continue to plan. So, again, it's never too early. It's never too late. In the next year? I would definitely say yes. Okay. And these are things you'll find that we've already been asking. <laughs> All right. Good. good. Um, so, I had someone recently, and I can't remember exactly the conversation of who it was with, but um, we were talking about what I do, and she had said, oh, I need one of those. And I was like, oh, what do you need? And she's like, a retirement plan. And I was like, oh, well, what's a retirement plan? Just asking her. And she said, I don't know, but I keep hearing it. Everybody should have one no. of those. Yeah. And I thought that was such an interesting thing, that we throw the retirement plan um, lingo around quite a bit, and not a lot of people know, like, what does that even entail? So I found this article on Kiplinger that I thought addresses seven important questions um, to ask to make sure you're ready to retire. And the title of it is, You Are Not Ready to Retire Until You Can Answer These Seven Questions. Oh, wow. And visually, the not is all capitalized. So it's shouting at you that you should not retire. You are not yes. ready. <laughs> so it's very important. Yeah. Um, so the Interesting thing are three of the questions actually don't pertain necessarily to investments in finance. It's actually more of like an emotional thought process of digging into what retirement is to you. And then the other questions, the other four do pertain to finances. So the first one I thought was interesting and conversations we love having with people about are how much more do you have left in the tank? And I think of this question, um, you know, we hear this quite often. Well, individuals will come in or clients will come in and they 
aren't happy with what they do. Um, and so it's truly what are you, what's, what's left to give? If Wait, you, there are or are they not? They aren't. Oh, they're so not there's happy. both. There's aren't and are. And so I would really look at, okay, if the finance side of your retirement plan is set and you aren't you don't have much more to give to your job. It's time to retire, whether you're 60 or 62 or 65. Um, and so I would also look at vice versa. So if you do have more to give and you are planning on retiring this year, why why retire? Keep working if you enjoy what you do. Um, and I also think of this from 2020's perspective. So we think back to 2020 and moving forward, a lot of inter- industries excelled and some did not excel. And so I would challenge um, individuals who are getting close to retirement to think of um, if my business is excelling and I'm enjoying what I do, maybe I stick with it and keep going. But at the same time, if my business isn't excelling, um, is there potential where I could be downsized? Look at the hospitality industry. Yes. Wow. Locally, restaurants in Milwaukee and bars, things like that. Hotels, hotels, bed and breakfast. Airlines. I mean, you name it. So thinking of what is the potential of me losing my job or forced into an early retirement. And then at that point, thinking of, okay, well, what does that look like for me and my retirement? Um, You know, potentially maybe you find a part-time job that you enjoy doing. I know my aunt, when she retired from corporate, she decided to um, decorate cakes for her living. And she said it was just as stressful. She's like, working with brides and cakes is not easy, but... (laughs) Bridezillas? But at the same time, she got to still not fully retire, um, supplement some of her income with this part-time job. And that kind of met two things. You know, her retirement plan um, emotionally was fulfilled. She had a purpose. And then also it helped with the income coming in. Now, the second question is, what will I do in retirement? I think that's a powerful question. Um, I think of today, if I retired, I'm like, I can't wait. You know, I'm not going to do anything. But I can't imagine after three months of not doing something that I would have a purpose anymore. And so I think really digging into what is your purpose while you're retired is important. I have a uh, group of friends that meets for the old retired breakfast club kind of thing. And I'm the only one that's still working. The a bunch of them are ex, you know, one of them, uh, yep. Jeff, very well. And uh, they were homicide detectives, police, stressful jobs. One of them worked for the IRS. He's an attorney, but they're all retired. I'm not. And they said, Paul, do not wish uh, what, you know, because you don't know until you're retired. Their point was they're rather bored. Yeah. They thought they yeah. wouldn't be. Yep. And they find themselves looking forward to that breakfast with me. Yep. I go, oh boy, you are bored. Yeah. Because yeah. you lose your social, um, I would say like your social interactions with your coworkers. I mean, everything you base your life around is typically work. Um, and so I think this article explains it best. Your retirement will be a lot more gratifying if you're retiring to something rather than retiring from something. Um, so really mapping out what your retirement time is supposed to look like, whether it's traveling or playing more golf or, um, you know, volunteering, watching grandkids, whatever it might be. But then also that should tie into the financial aspect of your retirement. If I am playing golf, it's going to cost a little bit more. But have a plan with what you're going to do. Yes, exactly. You got to keep busy. You can't just sit there and watch TV. Even though it sounds great right now. It does. It does. <laughs> I would do but you know what? No offense, Jeff. Three, three, four days in. Yes, you do get bored. You, it, you want to? I got to get yeah. back to work. Yeah, yeah, you miss emails and things like that. Yeah. Um, so the third question has to do with where will I live? 
And I thought this was interesting because we've been asked this quite a bit while we're planning for our clients. Um, and a lot of people focus on where they're going to live based on the tax implications. implications. But I think it's important to really think of where do you want to live and decide based on what activities do I want to do? What weather do I want to enjoy? And is it easy for my family or friends to come visit? Or maybe it, you don't want it to be that easy. Pick <laughs> I don't that's know. That's a good observation, <laughs> yeah, too. Well, I mean, uh, we're just a flight away from anywhere, really. Yeah, that's in very, the, In the U.S., true. but yeah. most of us probably are thinking warm states. Yes. But that's all about thinking. In reality, a lot of people don't want to leave family. So they, yes. s- they stay here. Yep. Or renting. Maybe you decide to rent in a different state than own in a different state. But I would truly make sure when you make that decision, it's not not based on taxes and finance. It's based on what do you want to achieve and what's going to make you happy while you're in retirement. The other main questions were making sure you plan for the income that you're going to have. And the one thing I wanted to hit on is this stat I found. Um, according to Fidelity Retiree Health Cost Estimate, a 65-year-old couple retiring in 2020 will need 295000 to pay for medical costs not covered by Medicare. That's a pretty big um, Wait, chunk see, of money. Let's let that's got to sink in. Say that again, Marie. So a 65-year-old couple retiring in 2020 will need 295000 to pay for medical costs not covered by Medicare. That's astounding. That's nuts, yeah. eh? Is that just general visits? Um, yep. Little, medications. Yep, medications. But just yep. general medical care. Correct. Well, and then the- Wow, $300,000. Yes. The even scarier one is what's more, a person turning 65 today has a 70% chance of needing some type of long-term care, according to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. So six, if you turn 65 today, there's a 70% chance you'll need some type of long-term care. Yeah, That's I'm, described as something that's going to last 90 days or longer. Uh, nursing home, home health care, assisted living, things like that. Yep. And we are living longer as Americans. Every yes. year, the life expectancy. But living longer doesn't always mean living healthier. Correct. So, Oh, the quality of life. And yeah. the, isn't that interesting to think that we're living longer? So potentially your retirement years, if you retire at 65, could be equal to the amount of years you put into your career. Let's say it's 30. Yes. 35. 35 or 30 puts you at 95. Yes. It's well, so crazy to think that. Yeah, that's so a long time. So you really time. need to map out what you're going to do in retirement and have a purpose to the, what you're It's doing. the big question, Jeff, when we started the show, I remember, what's the amount we need to retire? How much do you need? Yep. And it was always, well, is a million enough? Yeah, it all depends. Everything, uh, it depends. Uh, whether you have debts paid off, what your cash flow. Cash flow is the biggest thing that you need, uh, in my opinion. It's not the no- So if you can, if you have a big pension and don't have as much in assets, you could be as, as ready to retire financially as others who, have, who may have more wealth. It all depends. Uh, everybody's different with that. Yep. Uh, and is it just you? Is it you and your spouse? Right. You know, like you said, is well, we your do home plan paid for? for? The f- yeah, we do plan for the fact that you live a long time. We'd rather plan for that than have, if something happens sooner rather than have you blow through, you know, expected retirement and you're out of money. Yeah, agreed. And then going back to the questions when it comes to the financial questions, you guys kind of hit it right away, is what are your um, income, so your expenses that you need while you're in retirement. And one I found, um, this is another crazy stat, but essentially it's saying that um, parents of adult children give their kids about $500 billion annually, which is double the amount they contribute to their own retirements. In, that's in the U.S.? Yes. Oh, it's a lot. And that's according to Merrill Lynch and AgeWave. So $500 billion they're giving to their kids, their adult kids, which is double the amount they contribute to retirement. See, I plan on spending all my money. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Peyton and Sydney. 
But I think that ties into what are your um, expenses that you'll have during retirement, and you need to plan for that. And then I always mention, you can take out a loan for pretty much anything today except your retirement. So I would start That's a great point. And Social Security alone is just not enough, Marie. That's not the goal. That's not what you want. Because... Yeah, that's, I mean, do the math. It's yes. not going to work out very well. Uh, when I said that about Peyton and Cindy, I was joking. I do want to leave money to my kids. <laughs> if you have enough money, Jeff, you want to live kind of, you want to keep that, let's say it's a, pick a million, just pick a million, and you average 4%, right? You want to keep that principle close to a million for a, a long time. A lot of people do, so I, a lot of people want to pass it out there. Some want to spend the last dime, but a lot of people like you and me want to... If I'm taking 40 k out and then Social Security and my wife's sure, the same like and, get you close to and she's going to work till she's 90 in real estate, yep. so I'm set there. Yeah, I think you are set, Paul. Is that <laughs> enough? What time will you get off today? You, you could be done. <laughs> I can ret- I'm going to retire in about a min- an hour and 20 minutes from now. Yeah, there you go. No, uh, uh, realistically, we, cash flow is the biggest thing in yeah. retirement. And if you have enough cash flow, you can do a lot of different things. You can finance some of the things like your home and other things. But like Marie mentioned, you cannot finance your retirement. Do uh, most people pay off their homes by retirement it, on average? It, it depends. Now with interest rates so low, there's less of a uh, of a uh, need to do it. You know, you're using somebody else's money at two or two and a half or three percent. Uh, probably not two, but probably two and a half to three and a half percent is what the mortgage rates are now. I didn't mean to interrupt, Marie. We've got a minute before our break. Did we finish all seven questions? So we did. Well, most of them. The last one is um, maximizing Social Security. So making sure we're having conversations about when should you take Social Security, you and your spouse. Um, and then also the other one is making sure you have enough money to retire, which we kind of already talked about, but essentially going through your assets and what you're going to spend and will it last. When can I first start taking Social Security? The earliest age is? 62. Okay. And the but that might I not work. always be the best right. situation for you. It depends. Um, so it really depends on income coming in and what you want to accomplish. And you mentioned Medicare before and all the costs associated, 295000 in addition to getting- the Medicare And Medicare costs. is sixty five. Yep. Correct. So yes. again, if you retire early and you've got company benefits, you got to start looking for- uh, Basically, Obamacare, I guess. Right. right. Yes. There's a couple. I wanted to talk about this, and Marie uh, brought it up perfectly. But a couple of companies like AT and T are changing their plans for retirees. Exactly what you're saying. That retirees may not have health care benefits after they retire. You know, one of the big reasons that I was able to start my own business is that Jane had health insurance through AT and T, and that continued after her retirement. That may not be the case at the end of this year. Other companies are doing the same thing. That's exactly right. And when you look at downsizing, Marie mentioned about a severance package. You know, you get if you get an offer for a severance package, we have to help you identify whether that's the right thing for you, because there are a couple of things. One is that they may not offer that package again to you. So if they if they give you a package for health insurance or or pension or additional money, you may or six months of severance as an example you may want to take it because they may let you go six months later without a package without any incentive so you have to be careful with that too okay we'll take a quick break we're going to come back with more of the retirement clinic i believe the sexy segment is right around the corner it's a good one too well who's doing that today now i marie and i both will do it but i'll start with the biden 67 percent tax on wealth Joy. 67%. so it begins. Oh, you bet. The new administration. I'm thinking we're not going to have a lack of topics in talk radio in general. Oh, no, yeah. From Belling and Dan and Vicky and Jay and Rush and and everybody else on WISN and all of these weekend shows, lots to talk about. Okay, we'll come right back on WISN and WIBA Madison. This is 
the retirement clinic, Jeff's website, thekowalway.com, for more information. Check it out, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic. That music means it's time for Wealth Management and Preservation Talk. We call it the Sexy Segment with Marie McFarlane and Jeff Kowal. We've got some callers, though, that we want to answer at least a couple of these, and they've called, and that's what we do, and then we're going to get to the topic at hand. First, we go to Brookfield, and Jake is on WISN and WIBA. Good morning. Morning. Hi, Jake. What's up? Hi, uh, I was thinking of... um putting more money into like a private investing account. Um, I have an IRA right now and I'm going to put like the match in there for the year. So I was wondering, should I put it like basically, should I put it in both accounts right now? Well, I like to ta- good. Account? That's a good question. I like the tax favored nature of the IRAs, whether you do the traditional where you don't include in your income or the Roth IRA, um, which I think you sound younger. I might be inclined to tell you to go ahead and, and uh, put that into the Roth IRA. You pay the taxes now, maybe a little higher tax bracket, but it grows tax-free forever. I'm more inclined to have you do that. Uh, make sure you do that. I think you take advantage of uh, that part of it. The other part of it is capital gains tax. So if you put it into an investment account, you, you can still get preferential treatment on it with ta- capital gains tax as opposed to ordinary income tax. So I think you nailed it, Jake. I think I would probably do both if you have extra money. Yeah, I just have like an emergency account, but it's like I got some extra money I can put on top of it. Yeah. I, I should just keep it in the emergency account or take that and put it into this private account. I would put it in a private account. I might do it over several months instead of putting it all in at once. We might see some volatility in the markets. Uh, but still, if it's if it's something that you can keep in there for a long time, uh, you might want to put it all in once in the balance account at 60 or 70 percent in stocks, 30 to 40 percent in fixed. Uh, put it in there right away if you're young enough. If you if you're gonna let it ride for a while, I would do that. You mentioned emergency account and generally, but he's got an emergency fund as I understand it. So this is above and beyond. That. Got it. Yep. So then that yeah then and if you're worried about volatility, I'd put it in over three or four months. And then just back to that emergency fund, we always talk about what. Six months. Six months of expenses. Yeah. And you never want to get rid of that, replace that, or take that fund and put it somewhere. You always want that, basically, Marie? Yeah, I would say you would always want at least six months liquid um, cash. I mean, there's other places you could take Especially it from for with emergency COVID, fund, though, but and all yes, the furloughs and have. jobs yes. changes. And uh, some, if you have two incomes, two working incomes, it might be less than six months. Um, but six months is the general rule of thumb. Good stuff. And Jake, we appreciate the question. Yeah, thanks for the call. Let's get to that sexy segment, Jeff. All right. This is from taxfoundation.org, or G. And it, uh, by the way, this this show is for everybody. This particular segment, the sexy segment or the wealth management and preservation segment, are for those who have accumulated some wealth. Once you've accumulated some wealth, now how do you preserve it, grow it, take income from it, and pass it on to your heirs? Yeah, but that doesn't mean the other people should tune out. Don't tune us oh, out. Oh, no. But this is, but, but, <laughs> Pay closer attention yeah. if you're either at a million or more or want to be. Um, you will run into those problems, and that's a good problem to have. But the, uh, the, the article is titled, Joe Biden's 67% Tax on Wealth. I'm going to summarize the first part of it. Basically, it says that, no, no, Joe Biden rejected Elizabeth Warren's and Bernie Sanders' uh, wealth, wealth tax. But yet, what he's doing is a wealth tax. 
So he's just not saying that he embraces the wealth tax, but he embraces it. Uh, it says, our update analysis of Biden's plan indicates the Democratic per, uh, uh, president is proposing other ways of taxing wealth without explicitly explicitly labeling his policies a wealth tax. Instead of taxing wealth on an annual basis, Biden would tax wealth at death by as much as 67%. He's proposing two major tax increases on accumulated wealth. So again, once you've accumulated some wealth, how is it taxed? First, he would tax unrealized gains at death for taxpayers with incomes over $400,000. For a deceased taxpayer who earns more than $400,000 but less than a million, this would subject those unrealized capital gains to the current capital tax rate of 20%, plus 3.8% net investment tax income for total 23.8%, plus what he's talking about is reducing the uh, level of, of estate tax exemption from $11 million where it stands now to $3.5 million. So now you're talking about, you know, right now, uh, over $11 million, the top rate is 40%. He's talking about reducing it to $3.5 million, plus tacking on 45% tax on oh, top of that. And it would be 67 then? So if you add that to the capital gains tax that he's looking at eliminating for people with over $400,000 of income, and I'm sure that it's going to be towards, the way it's done, gone in the past, if it's with somebody with 400000 of wealth, not just 400000 of income, because that's how they usually do it. Because mm -hmm. uh, I remember when Social Security first got taxed. They said it's going to be for people... Uh, only for wealthy people are going to have to pay that Social Security tax. Well, how they defined wealthy was people with $33,000 a year of income or more. That's wealthy. That's how they, so that now you're paying 80% taxes, started at 65%. Now you're paying so, federal taxes on 80% of your Social Security, generally if you're making more than about 35000 of income. To me, this is mind-boggling when you talk about a 67% tax. Why not just take it all? Just make it 100 hey, don't, don't and get over it. Don't <laughs> Don't think that that's on, not on their mind. Here, it is just on their mind. It. I'm sure it is. Yeah. And, and, if you're, know, that's, you're, you're, at, you're almost at 70 that's right, right now. Yeah. Really, if you have more than $2 million, what do you need that for? Let's just take 100% of that over $2 million and give it to the government because they'll spend it better than your kids that, would. That disgusts me. It does disgust Especially me. Especially people that have worked so hard for that. Yep. By historical standards, Biden's plan to tax unrealized gains, capital gains at death, and levy the estate tax at the same time is quite unique. Traditionally, estate tax law has allowed for a step up in the basis of transferred assets. So if you paid $100,000 for an investment, it grew to $500,000 and you died, you would bump up the basis for your heirs would bump up to $500,000 and that gain would be wiped out. That's a nice benefit. But traditionally, uh, that, that's how it's been, a step-up in basis. Um, and those appreciated assets were not hit by both the capital gains tax and the estate tax because you're not getting away tax-free anyway. You're still going to end up paying the, the estate tax on that. But now he's saying, no, let's, let's get it twice. Let's get it with the capital gains tax and the estate tax. Um, so that means heirs would f face taxable gains when they sold. The impact of the step-ups repeal was mitigated somewhat for smaller states by a provision that exempted $1.3 million of the estate's increased value from a capital gains tax and $3 million for transfers to a spouse. Right now, it's all tax-free to a spouse. So they're talking about things. Guard your wallet. When they talk about um, 
estate tax revisions, it's, it's never good uh, for the most part. Um, we estimate that Biden's estate tax proposal would raise more than $280 billion over the next decade and reduce the size of the economy by 0.15%. While this might seem a small impact on economic growth, it's outsized compared to the amount of revenue raised and the number of estates affected. $30 trillion economy, for example, 0.15% amounts to $46 billion in reduced economic activity nearly double what Biden's estate plan is expected to collect annually. So reduce the, the economic growth, plus it'll all go to the government. It's um, it, it, The fact that the estate tax inflicts, this is according to taxfoundation.org, the fact that the estate tax inflicts more harm on the economy than the amount of revenue it raises for the government is yet another reason it should be repealed, not rolled back to 2019, to 2009 law. And again, these are... Biden's plans, right? right. Uh, they're not in effect as of now, Jeff. This is important because uh, this stuff happens so fast. It does happen quickly. And in the past, they would make it, uh, it would be called grandfather, where they wouldn't go back to the first year. But uh, President Clinton did away with that, where he made it retroactive to the first of the year. So there's always a possibility that you could, it could be grandfathered, but more, uh, but also chance it would be effective to the first of the year if they get it in this year. This is why you tune into the Retirement Clinic to keep up with all of these changes that may or may not happen this year. Going to be an interesting 2021, like you said, a big question mark for a lot of investors. The Retirement Clinic with Marie McFarland joining your host, President of the Kowal Investment Group, the Retirement Specialist. He's Jeff Kowal. (laughs) We'll be right back on WISN and WIBA. Okay, we're wrapping up today's retirement clinic with Marie McFarland and Jeff Kowal on WISN and WIBA. And Marie, it's always a pleasure having you on. Yeah, it's been fun. And February is not far off, which means yes. love so February is, in the is air. not far off. It's just around the corner, which means Valentine's is coming up and love is in the air. So this year, make sure you let us help you fall in love with your retirement plan and give us our office a call at 262-522-4040 for your complimentary retirement review. And your offices, let's just go over all the locations again. The Kowal Investment Group, Jeff, World Headquarters in Waukesha. That's right. Then we have Port Washington, um, uh, Mequon, Thingsville, all that area, Random Lake. Uh, We have Racine office uh, and we have our Phoenix office, but really... uh, Call us at 2625-224040 or the website, the Kowal, K-O-W-A-L, thekowalway.com. And don't forget to check out our Facebook and Twitter um, yes, as well. Yes, thank you, Marie. <laughs> yeah. Social media. Yeah. That's right. Social and again, thekowalway.com. For more information, have a great weekend, and thank you for tuning in to the Retirement Clinic, WISM Milwaukee, WIBA in Madison. <laughs>